Welcome to this week's Green Site Up. This is Richard Henschel, horticulture educator for the University of Illinois Extension Service. And while February doesn't give us a whole lot we can be doing outside in the gardening world, uh, it does provide a time to talk about some, some of the other things that we might be thinking about. And one topic that I wanted to revisit was one that I wrote about a couple times in 2019, and that is the uh, invasive uh, worm we know as a jumping worm. Uh, as I mentioned, it's certainly invasive, and we can just add that to the list of dozens of plants, both dry land and aquatic, uh, fish, and other insects that have all been put on the invasive list. Uh, we first were made aware of this jumping worm and had it identified up in Wisconsin in 2013 uh, in Illinois. It was first reported back in 2015 in Cook and DuPage counties and slowly continues to spread uh, into the surrounding counties as one might think it might that it might. Um, but, you know, even when discovered and identified in a county, it doesn't mean that they're found countywide by any means, just in small pockets, in small par parcels of land. It could be the woods, it could be a forest preserve, it could be our back garden, it could be our raised bed, it could be in our compost pile. So it varies to where they might be found for the first time. In 2019, there were confirmed rep uh, reports in uh, six northern Illinois counties, eight southern Illinois counties, and two in central Illinois. So as you can see, it just continues to spread along the way as it gets moved in probably by mankind more than anything else uh, around the state here. Uh, the, the real concern of having a jumping worm in your yard or in the compost pile or vegetable garden is that uh, they're very vigorous eaters and they like to live in the upper two to three, four to six inches of soil, depending upon how much organic matter is there. And uh, they have a great big appetite and they turn that soil into something that really is no good for sustaining life. It ends up being coarse and porous as it passes through their passes through the worm body. Populations of uh, jumping worms, as I mentioned, they kind of stay in small pockets and then and edge out slowly from that or original point of infestation. Uh, those populations might be as much as 10 times higher than that of our native, native earthworm when the scientists go out and do their survey work. Because there are just so many of these jumping worms, they can, can consume and do consume just a tremendous amount of soil, and very specifically, they really favor organic matter. Um, and in that high population, they actually change the structure of the soil. It looks like something like dried coffee grounds when they're all done with it. Uh, the soil does not have any kind of quality water holding capacity either, and then, and then the fact that it's gone through their digestive system and left behind uh, the level of nutrient content there is questionable as well. Now every story has the good news, bad news side. Uh, the good news side is that the adult jumping worm uh, is not winter hardy and they die relatively soon after the first of our soils start to get cold. So that was the good news. The bad news is they can reproduce and do reproduce by creating nearly microscopic cocoons that contain eggs that are winter hardy. So that's how they're going to overwinter for us in a version that we can't even really see with the naked eye very well. 
Additionally, to, I guess, compound the grief or the bad news is worms are parthenocarpic. That is, they do not have to mate in order to create those cocoons with the eggs inside. So we've kind of got one good news story and then two bad news sides of this. Um, and uh, while I often will say you should never say never, gardeners are very much never going to see or should never see jumping worms um, out of anything that was commercially grown. So you're not going to find jumping worms in the flat of annuals or the pot of perennials that we would get. You're not going to find jumping worms in any commercially made compost as that compost has to go through a pasteurization process and in doing so that reaches somewhere around 140 degrees to kill off uh, pathogens, kill off insect eggs and insects and in this case also the little tiny 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 cocoons of the jumping worm. These worms are known really by a number of names from different parts of the United States wherever they've been found uh, one, one other name besides jumping worms are crazy worms, Asian jumping worms, Alabama jumpers, and snake worms. And these guys get, as an adult, they can be, this worm can be, jumping worm can be six to eight inches long. Uh, and if it's, it's kind of hard for maybe to believe what I'm sharing here, but if you just did a little YouTube look, you're going to find several videos showing this very strange behavior as they literally jump around when they're disturbed. The adult worm, in terms of what we want to do with these, the adult worm is the one that is generating those overwintering cocoons. So if you're out in the garden and you find them, and they're going to be very easy to identify, they're going to be much larger, much more vigorous than our typical earthworm. Uh, removal is really the best option. Capture them, put them in a plastic bag. They won't last but a few minutes. They seem to be very sensitive to their environment and then take that plastic bag and throw it out in the trash. A lot of times we will take a traditional earthworm and lay it out and the birds will come in and use it for food, but birds do not seem to like uh, to eat them as they appear to be really too slimy and, and do not taste good. So how would I know this? Well, of course, when you get a hold of them, you're going to find out that you, they're really slimy and slippery. Uh, however, uh, I've never tasted them and don't advise that you do. Uh, so I don't know about how they taste, but they're certainly very, very slimy, very slippery. And there's also been studies showing that the eggs will die at about 103 or 104 degrees. And while you might have jumping worms, say, that are existing in your compost pile, you might consider taking a small amount and putting it in the kitchen oven and, and uh, raising the temperature up to over 103 or 104 degrees. It's not something that's really practical for us as a master gardener or as a gardener in general, as you're, you're out in the yard. So just think about that. That's something that um, you might find for the first time in your yard this year as you begin to garden. So uh, just be aware, read up on it if you'd like to. So this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Side Up. It's always a pleasure, and I'll be back again real soon.